0: Hi folks, welcome to the Happysaver.com podcast. Your friends might not want to talk about their journey with money, but I do. I'm Ruth and I'm a blogger on personal finance and in this podcast series I tell the stories of Kiwis and their experiences with the money in their lives. Living in Queenstown is a dream to many, but it ain't easy making it happen. All of that stunning scenery you feast your eyes upon every day does not actually pay the bills and buying not just a house but your very first house takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication. Kurt and Ruth have dedication in spades and they have created a whole-of-life plan to make sure they don't just survive there but they thrive. Sharesight is an online platform that I use to keep track of my investments because although I have tried, my own spreadsheets just were not cutting it. If you buy shares or index funds each and every month, it's actually really hard to work out how your investments are performing. But ShareSite does all of this for you, including working out all of your tax obligations. You can try ShareSite for free and track up to 10 holdings. But if you have more than that, then I have a special offer which allows you to get four months for free when you purchase an annual premium plan. If you want to check it out and free yourself from your spreadsheets, go to thehappysaver.com forward slash ShareSite. New Zealand is a country that relies on the tourism dollar to sustain itself and nowhere is this more in your face than in beautiful, busy and just a little bit bonkers Queenstown. Kurt is 39 and has worked at the coalface of the tourism industry since finishing school and completing a diploma in hospitality and tourism at Polytech and for the last eight years he has worked in Queenstown as a tour bus driver and also as a guide. In the five years prior to that, he was a tour bus driver who took tours all over New Zealand. You know those buses that pull up in your town and disgorge hungover 20-somethings who wander around in search of food? Well, that was him driving the bus. Having been in his current job eight years, he has found a great place to work and a great company to work for. And since discovering the pursuit of financial independence, and also since the birth of their son, he's actually been able to cut back to four days a week to spend more time with his family. You can't buy time was a phrase that he used. Ruth was born in Australia, she's 41, and she came across Kurt when they met in a bar in Santorini, Greece. (sighs) When they were both travelling the world, yep, I'm envious, what an amazing place to meet. After she finished school, she started in office administration where she spent most of her time working as a legal executive in law firms. As a super fit woman, she then did a career pivot and worked as a personal trainer for the last four years where she ran her own business in Queenstown. Now, working in the field of fitness means you have to walk the talk, lead by example and lead a fit and active life. And in doing this, she came across an Australian product called Juice Plus, which delivers health food, nutritional products. She introduced it into her diet and soon Kurt did the same. They both loved it and were hooked on its health benefits. So why is that relevant to the story I hear you ask? Well they reached a point where they decided that they wanted to start a family but Ruth knew that as a personal trainer who was a one woman band as soon as she gave birth then she would not be able to continue to work with clients and she would have zero income and would therefore face huge pressure to put their son in daycare and get back to work as quickly as possible. Those supplements they were both taking offered the chance to become involved in their sale and distribution and she saw this as a way to help them to be financially ready to have a child. So, alongside her personal training work, she started to tell her clients about them who in turn bought the product, and this became her side hustle to complement her work. But as time went on, because she believed so strongly in the product, her ability to offer it to others just came naturally, and sales growth just happened. And before she knew it, this plan B that was meant to just make a little bit of money on the side to complement her plan A, which was her day job, It just took over entirely and as her pregnancy advanced she was able to drop her personal training work and focus on this new source of income that Juice Plus was providing. Now in the early days she was focused on building up her list of customers but these days she's reached a level where most of her work is centred around coaching and mentoring others to start up their own businesses selling these products. Today as a mum to a very busy six-month-old She is also a fully fledged network marketing professional and she derives her income purely from that business. Now I have listened to a podcast called Side Hustle School for a long time now and Ruth is one of the best success stories I've actually come across. She found a wide open niche and she filled a need that was out there and most importantly she is absolutely loving what she is doing. Tourism, although really booming in the Queenstown area, is not overly well paid and for them to survive in this town they do both need to be working. And both of them were very conscious of the fact that they had to get themselves in the right financial position before having a child. Kurt's job is stable but he was very nervous about Ruth heading down this online business network marketing path. But Ruth has really proved that it is low risk and it's a high reward business where you are not required to buy and store stock. There is not a garage full of boxes and there is actually no pressure to sell. You are just introducing people to the product and they then buy directly from the company and you make money from those product sales. It's like everybody kicked a goal. Ruth says this is a most misunderstood industry but the tide is turning and there are a lot of people going down this path. Now she is in control of what she earns and it is her plan to get stuck into paying off the mortgage and she works her job around being the stay-at-home mum she wants to be. Because it is an online business she truly does get to choose her hours and her place of work and because it relies on people buying online where they feel they need to stock up on a product she has pretty much just taken six months off and she has been paid the whole time because sales just continue regardless and she can up sticks and visit family in Australia at the drop of a hat because her business can travel with her, and the fact that we are having a chat at 4 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon tells me that her time is indeed her own. Through hard work and planning, they have both worked themselves into a really good position. Now, on with some questions, the first one being, is it the height of rudeness to talk about money, and why do you think that people don't want to talk about money? Now Kurt summed it up with likening it to sex, also a taboo subject he says, where people don't like to admit how much they are getting or how little they are getting. Ruth on the other hand is learning that a lot of people have dirty money stories and people grow up with a lot of negative connotations around money which is why a lot of people don't like to talk about it. Plus if you are successful and earning money you don't like to be seen to be bragging. And by dirty money stories she used the example of growing up where perhaps your parents have made passing comments while down the street when they see a nice car drive by and say something like if you drive a Mercedes you are obviously involved in selling drugs and kids hear these things their parents say and then they take these dirty money stories into their adulthood and these in turn affect your view of money and you have the potential to self-sabotage your opportunities and career. And I think she's actually got a really good point here. What about their own relationship with each other when it comes to money? Are they polar opposites or are they on the same page? And are they able to talk about it? Well their answer was that they are kind of on the same page where they argue just a little but they both compromise well and indeed they do talk about it. And Ruth explained, slightly tongue in cheek, that females just need to spend more than males. Ruth being so into fitness, she enjoys buying sportswear and Kurt just has to let this slide. He can't say no to this, and that's what makes the marriage work, she says. But he is the voice of reason, and he reminds her of their goals when she feels the need to purchase something. And the fact remains that Kurt is more into minimalism than Ruth, so it is just in his nature to purchase less. At the moment, they have been trying to get in the habit of when they need something, they sell something first to free up the cash. And she found that process extremely satisfying recently when she needed a new camera. They talked through the pros and cons and they bought a new iPhone instead of just a camera because the phones, they obviously have such great cameras on them these days. And delaying the spend until she had the cash, it actually served two purposes for her. Firstly, it was really satisfying to do it that way. And secondly, she had actually held onto stuff for so long thinking that she needed it but once it was sold and gone from the house, it's gone and it's helped her get rid of stuff and not regret it leaving the house. Next, I asked them both if they were given $10,000 right now, what would they do with it? Their goal at the moment is to be mortgage-free within eight years, so the whole $10,000 would go straight toward debt repayment without hesitation. Now everyone in life has habits, so I was keen to know what their three main financial habits were, things that they just automatically do each day or week or month. And numero uno is to pay the bills on time. Kurt is super organised and as soon as an email bill comes in, he sets it up to pay on the last date of payment, thus keeping the money in their account as long as possible. Number two, they are now very conscious of tracking exactly where their money is going and have recently started spreadsheeting to track this. And their third habit is that they always pay using their credit card, and they of course pay it off in full every month. They actually have a warehouse credit card, which I had never heard of before. Uh, They like it because it has no fees, and when they spend $150, they get $1 back, and they then use this money in-store. Being a store with such a diverse range of products, they find it easy to redeem their points for necessities that they actually need. They used to have an AirPoints credit card but they just found the points earning and the conversion rate plus the card fees you pay just really inconvenient and just for them not even worth the hassle. Alongside these money habits I have also found that people tend to have a money elevator pitch a sentence that would sum up their approach to money and Kurtz was very succinct and it was once money is spent it's gone and never a truer word was spoken. I asked them to date what was their biggest financial triumph. Now purchasing their home and getting on the property ladder in such a crazy housing market as Queenstown, where house prices are amongst the highest in the country, was a big thing for them. They said that if they had waited even just another three years, then they could not have done it. They had been quite happy living in a one-bed flat in Queenstown for the five years prior to buying and they were actually finding it pretty cheap to live there and were able to get out and about and do stuff and were living a really interesting life, but without thinking too far ahead. Ruth took the opportunity to study, to become a personal trainer, and they were able to save up and pay for their wedding with cash. Then their landlord put the flat on the market which gave them a big jolt and it pushed them into action and they decided to pick up their act They realised that they lacked a goal to aim towards and being turfed out of their house just gave them a shove and they decided to put the money that they had saved towards a section in Queenstown that they could then build on. After securing that section they then had to wait an entire year until the titles would be released on the land and they could actually start to build their house and they used that time to save up as much money as they possibly could. And also during this time a plan really did start to form. The first significant step they made in their financial journey was that they resisted the temptation to buy a bigger section and they actually bought the smallest they could find in the subdivision. Having worked for so many years as a tour guide going all over New Zealand and because they both loved to travel, they had taught themselves to live out of a suitcase and had also learned how little you actually need by way of possessions. Kurt in particular knew that if you are not making much money you can reduce your expenses and live really really cheaply and he took this thought into their house design. So having worked myself for a long time in the housing market I was pleased that they did the following. They built a small house by today's standards 112 square metres with a single garage. They made sure it faced north to catch the sun with a very simple floor plan that is in a rectangular shape. It was cheap to build, it's very well insulated and it's very easy to heat and to cool. Their floor layout is an open plan, apartment style with an excellent use of space. They even made sure that the clothesline got sun so they didn't have to use a clothes dryer. The home is extremely efficient to run with power bills of just $1,000 a year. And incredibly importantly, it's warm in their very, very cold winters. There is a lot of wealth on display in Queenstown and they resisted the temptation to even try to keep up with the Joneses. After they had built this home, they did actually try to buy another section so they could sell the home they had and with its increased equity build a smaller house and have a smaller mortgage. But land is just too difficult to secure in such a busy market. So they are happy and they are staying put. Being able to afford to build this home and then pay the mortgage down quickly was a massive thing for both of them and they have really started to focus even more on this goal as time has passed. It was important that they set themselves up well so that they could have a family and be secure. And they claim to have had luck timing the purchase of the section and then building the home and they think that if they had tried to do this just three years after they did like in today's market they could not have managed it. Sections are now smaller again and are actually now worth even more, plus building costs have also gone up significantly as the entire region is in the midst of a building boom. A side note to their house, their minimalist lifestyle and their frugal living has them looking at Airbnb as an option in the future. They would like to get themselves into a position to be able to go away for a month or three over winter and instead of leaving the house empty they would like to have it used as an Airbnb so they can make some income and cover their travel costs. So getting rid of stuff, as Ruth has been doing, goes towards decluttering their house and making it simple to lock up and leave. They are not yet ready to do it, but it will make their process easier when the time comes. Now I love a frugal tip, so here's one for you, and it came out of the course of our conversation, was the fact that they used to have two vehicles. They sold them both and made a strategic decision to buy a small Honda Fit. Uh, Granted, it is not likely to be featured on the front page of a car magazine, but it is crazily economic to run. Apparently, you can fit tons of stuff inside it. And in the words of Kurt, it is an awesome car. But Kurt does not use it day to day because he um, paraponts to work. This is Queenstown after all. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) He actually rides his bike to work. Uh, Mr Money Mustache would be so proud of the choices they have made and the vehicle is working out extremely well for them both. Next I asked them to date what were their biggest financial flops and Kurt said that his was keeping a chunk of money in bonus bonds and the fact that he used to buy lotto each week. He never lost a chunk of money uh, but he obviously didn't gain much either. Looking back he thinks he should not have left money just sitting there on a prayer just hoping for a win that statistically was quite unlikely to happen. He said he was always hoping for that email on a Tuesday morning telling him that he was a bonus bonds winner uh, but alas it rarely came. They do actually have friends who have won lotto but there are certainly better ways to make money he now realises. Ruth admits that she used to be shocking with money and prior to meeting Kurt, she got herself into $24,000 of credit card debt when she was in her early 20s. As soon as she began to work, she got her first credit card, and she loved to travel, and so she travelled a lot on credit, and when she maxed out one card, she would just apply for another one, and for a long time she made just minimum payments, and although it was always in the back of her mind, she actually never faced the reality that she would have to pay it all back Until one day you wake up to this huge debt with a crazy high interest rate. She has some amazing travel experiences to show for it and knowing what she knows now she would never do this again. Initially she kept this debt from Kurt but when she did fess up he said let's sort this out and get it paid off and Kurt took on the payment of all of the household bills and she just focused on her debt and she paid it all off in one year by just putting her head down and pushing every cent she earned towards it and today she is very proud of herself for having done that, as she should be. I'm sure it was also at that point that they realised that they were actually a really good team too and I'm sure that focus and teamwork is actually helping them today. I like this next question and it is, if you could retain all of the knowledge that you have today regarding money and you could go back to your 15-year-old self and start again, what would you do, whether it be the same or something different? Knowing what they know now about compounding interest, they would save more from a much earlier age. But then they wondered that if you save the money instead of spending it, you might miss out on experiences. And both of them have had some amazing times travelling the world that they would not want to have missed out on. And he also said that he might look at learning a trade straight out of school, as that could potentially open up more doorways to him in life. Ruth wishes she'd come across network marketing 20 years ago, but to be honest, she does not think it would be as easy then as it is now, and she would probably not have been in the right place to maximise its potential then, and she was probably not ready to grasp the opportunity. So, on reflection, it probably came across her path at exactly the right place and time. So what about that four-letter word, debt? Do they have any? Well the only debt they carry now is on their mortgage and they used to be with ANZ but after two years they decided that the big banks were not really looking out for them or after them and they decided they wanted to personalise the experience a bit more. So in 2017 they joined up with New Zealand Home Loans who by sheer coincidence are the sponsors for this podcast so here comes an extra plug for them. Now, for starters, NZHL came to them so they didn't have to sit in an uncomfortable bank office. Instead, they met in their own home and discussed their entire financial life whilst eating Tim Tams and drinking tea, which instantly made them feel comfortable. And they told me that New Zealand home loans looked at their whole life and helped them structure their finances to plan for it. And now they have a flexi-revolving account with KiwiBank, which has no fees. So they have one big pot where all of their money comes and goes from, so any money they make is put against their mortgage which reduces interest paid and they then spend from this account as well. So their account balance yo-yos up and down throughout the month. They also helped them structure it so that Ruth can operate her business from this account as well whilst keeping it separate so that she can easily track how her business is performing. They use a system called DebtNav which Ruth enjoys. She's a really visual person and this program uses graphs and lets her actually see how closely they are sticking to their goals, what happens to their end date on their mortgage if they save or spend a little more and because Ruth expects her business to grow, she can actually have a play around with the calculators they offer and they can see what impact an increased income will have on their mortgage end date which I think is pretty cool. With their previous mortgage set up, they had absolutely no idea when the end date was going to be, and it has not yet been a year since they changed their lender and restructured their mortgage using NZ Home Loans, but they are now comfortable with this new way of doing things, and they said it feels a whole lot cleaner in that they actually now have a plan in place and are currently on track to kill their mortgage in eight years. Now that they use the tools offered by NZ Home Loans and their own systems as well, they don't budget as such, as in, you know, they don't allow $150 for groceries a week, although they could if they wanted to. Instead, it's just what they called conscious spending, where they think, do we need it or not before making a purchase? Now they just track exactly where their money went and then they review it at the end of the month to see where they can trim back their expenses for the coming month. And if ever they find themselves in the position of receiving actual cash, you know, the stuff that you put in your wallet, Kurt actually takes a trip to the bank and deposits it so it can go directly to the mortgage because if it stays on their person, it's pretty tempting to spend it. And remember what Kurt said, when money is spent, it's gone. So I was then interested to ask the question in regards to money, what keeps you awake at night? And they were both pretty quick to point out that at the moment, uh, their six-month-old son keeps them awake. But apart from that, they sleep pretty well knowing that they feel in control of their finances. They would always like to pay off their home more quickly, but that would mean working more to earn more income, something that they just don't want to do at this stage in life. And they are pretty stress-free and they feel very fortunate that this is the case. Life is meant to be enjoyed so neither of them take life too seriously and they try to relax and live a simple life where they don't sweat the small stuff and they have found that this approach is generally what helps your finances anyway. So what about my favourite six letter word saving? Is there any room for that in their lives given they are paying off their mortgage? They both still very much enjoy life and spend where they need to but now they both consider themselves to be savers when like most of us in their younger years uh, they were less so inclined. Kurt has more recently joined KiwiSaver. He joined too late to get the government kickstart of $1,000 and he realises in hindsight that he was pretty naive about it. His work explained to him how to opt out if he didn't want to do it so that is exactly what he did. And like the saying goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the next best time is today. And the same, in my mind, applies to saving for your retirement. So he's on board with it now and he has joined up with simplicity. Ruth, however, is not in KiwiSaver because she sees the work that she does as the best path to retirement and she does not like the fact that she cannot get access to the money until she's 65. I think that this decision is up for ongoing discussion in their household and perhaps when Kurt receives his free $521 each year from the government as their contribution, she may finally be swayed. Let's watch this space. Kurt does also have a SIL mutual scheme to his name, uh, which is managed by the ANZ. It is a superannuation scheme where his money is also locked in till retirement. His father actually started this one for him and out of habit he has put $20 a month in it since he was 13 years old. He rarely takes any notice of it and was unsure how the fund was actually performing or how much was in there these days either. It won't be a great amount but will give him a lesson in compound interest regardless. And I know I could not help myself and would be checking the balance from time to time. Twelve years back, Kurt bought some art on the advice of a friend at work. He bought two prints, to be precise, that are currently residing in the wardrobe. He wouldn't call it investing; uh, speculating would be more appropriate. And he paid fourteen hundred dollars in total. And he understands that today they may be worth as much as ten thousand dollars. He's not hopeful of big money, although I thought ten k was actually pretty good myself. But he is holding onto them for a while yet and in order to sell them he would need to go back to the gallery he bought them from and they would sell on behalf. More recently, just in the last year, they have started a small amount of investing with smart shares since they learned more about how index funds work and they're just investing the minimum of $50 a month and they explain that sometimes they feel that they probably should not be doing that because that money could go towards their mortgage, but they like trying out something different and it's just $50 a month. Now being involved in share buying is giving them a great education in investing, it's got them talking about money and I'm sure that once that mortgage is gone they will become dedicated investors. Their new son has certainly picked the right parents and they have also set him up with Smart Shares. once again putting $50 a month away for him as well and they have also created a bank account for him where they deposit $20 a month and this account also has a secondary purpose grandparents friends and whanau love to buy gifts for children i'm sure it's an innate characteristic i know that my own daughter's room is just groaning under the weight of all the stuff she has been given ruth and kurt do not pursue owning stuff and they are trying to gently persuade gift buyers to by all means buy something small and useful for their son but to perhaps instead use the remainder of their money to put towards their child's future and uh, to put it in his very own bank account. And that way a gift is not used and forgotten within hours or days but instead it can go on to support him in the coming years which I think is an outstanding idea. I've found in um, talking to a lot of people that often people with a mortgage don't have an emergency fund as such That is three to six months of living expenses set aside in a bank account or somewhere that you can gain access to it really quickly if needed. And no, Ruth and Kurt don't have one. They just rely on their Flexi Mortgage account that they always have access to. And they also don't want any other money sitting around that could go towards debt instead of reducing interest that they pay. There is, of course, their credit card, but it would have to be a really real emergency for them to use that. These two have a great relationship and are definitely on the same financial page as each other, despite the odd niggle over buying active wear for Ruth, but I was interested to know if they have friends that they can talk to about money. Well, it turns out it's lucky that they have each other because sadly, no, not really was the answer. Although Ruth has three sisters and they love to talk, money is not generally a topic of conversation and nor is it with their parents. They don't ask about it and they don't bring it up. Once again, I'm impressed that people manage to get themselves on the right financial footing without speaking to others about what they are up to. But it does always make me wonder how much sooner would we all get ahead if we shared our experiences early on in life. Now everyone has a splurge, the thing you know is potentially a waste of money but you do it anyway. And for these guys it is holidays. They enjoy them, they love to get out of town and a lot of the time their trips are to Australia where Ruth is from. They are very lucky in that a family member works for an airline so they can often get cheaper flights and they of course always travel as cheaply as they can. Travel is something that they never want to give up so affording this is very much factored into the way that they've structured their money. And coming back to family, I asked them what was the one piece of advice, either good or bad, that their parents taught them about money and what do they wish they had taught them that they have since worked out for themselves. For Kurt, his parents led by example and they lived a modest lifestyle. They never actually sat him down and taught him any particular lessons about money but growing up they were generous and he never went without. He recalls that his parents rented an old farmhouse until he was about 15 years old And then they bought their own property in Arrowtown, which is pretty close to Queenstown. When he was old enough to drive, as often happens in more rural towns, which this area was actually then considered, they bought him a car to get about him. He does not recall them ever sitting him down and telling him to save money. And he thinks it would have been nice to be taught about compound interest when he was really young and he could take full advantage of it. But as mentioned, his dad did have the foresight to set up a mutual fund at the age of 13, but he still only vaguely knows what it's all about. His father also gave him a copy of Think and Grow Rich, which he recalls as being a very hard book to read. So his dad was actually having a really good go at setting him on the correct path. For Ruth, her parents never talked about money in any way, and she felt that her parents were not very good with money and as a result they did not have that much as they were growing up. Her parents did buy their own place when she was 12 or 13 but they sold it to move to another part of Australia. They made good money on the sale of the property but they ended up blowing that money with some silly decisions they made. Now they are both in their 70s with no assets, they are renting the house they live in and they use the pension for their income. So life is actually quite hard for them. Ruth does not want that to be her situation and she also thinks that because she did not have the example of parents who were good with money that that is the reason she got herself into credit card debt. They said that you don't actually realise how much influence your upbringing has on you until you get asked all these questions like the ones that I was throwing at them and as new parents themselves now they both realise the importance of being good role models when it comes to money in their household. Now to teach others you need to have knowledge yourself so I was interested to know how much they engage in their financial education now. They are both avid consumers of knowledge and they read books and blogs and listen to podcasts and have a few suggestions worth a mention and I'm going to refer to all of them in the show notes that you'll find on www.thehappysaver.com Kurt is more into this personal finance stuff than Ruth. And the book *Your Money or Your Life* by Vicky Robin is an oldie but a goodie and very much worth a read. I actually met Ruth and Kurt through my blog, TheHappySaver.com, so they are readers of that, for which I am very grateful. And another blog, Becoming Minimalist, is another one he really enjoys. As is the blog *The Simple Dollar*, where the author writes every day, and it's all about his lifestyle and about living simply. He also mentioned Fire Kiwi and this is a New Zealand website that curates content on personal finance and I've also mentioned Mr Money Mustache today. Now he is a blogger and personal finance guru to many and is of course on Kurt's reading list. Ruth, on the other hand, prefers to listen to a lot of network marketing podcasts instead of personal finance ones. Uh, If their household is anything like mine, I'm sure that Kurt is constantly giving her little snippets of wisdom that he has learned off the blogs and podcasts he engages with. Ruth recommends Network Marketing Heroes by Richard Blissbrook, and he's somebody with 40 years industry experience, and The Four-Year Career is another book they both recommend And uh, they actually posted it to me and I'm reading it and enjoying it at the moment. So with everything they have going on in their lives, what fulfills them the most? And my guess being that it's probably not money related. So these days for them, it is all about their little boy, their family and their extended family. Having a child has brought them closer to both parents and grandparents. But it all ties back to finances. They need to ensure that they don't waste money and that they structure their financial life well so that they can afford holidays to go back and visit this family. And their advice for others, they say they are by no means perfect but are instead always trying to learn. They do not take life too seriously and that you've just got to spend a bit of cash to enjoy life. And it is also never too late to start. They are at 40 but they have just cracked into this personal finance realm in the last couple of years and they have made the very wise comment that no matter when you start, you can always improve your situation. Both Ruth and Kurt are an articulate couple who explained really well where they are headed. Like many of us, it took them a while to get on the financial independence path, but they both realise that living in such a competitive town as Queenstown, if they are tempted to keep up with the Joneses, Uh, Life is likely to get pretty unpleasant for them both as it has the potential to be a hugely expensive place to live. So they resist and instead they live a really happy lifestyle where yes, they are frugal but they don't feel that they are going without. And like they said, they just don't take life too seriously. Like they both planned their child and the financial impact he would have on their lives, they are also planning the next eight years until they pay off their mortgage and then beyond that they are planning the life they are going to lead with no debt and the freedom to take your job on the go and I have absolutely no doubt that they will get there and I actually suspect that they will clear their debt faster than they have calculated for. So yes they have started a little bit later, yes bonus bonds were probably never going to secure Kurt's financial future nor lotto but hey they've started now and with every little slip up that you do make along the way you actually learn something from anyway and personally I see bonus bonds as a bit of a gateway to investing so he should not see this as too big a financial flop or a flop at all really. It teaches you the skill of saving a little and often and it also shows you what returns you get and it motivates you to try to work out how you can improve on this. And lastly, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to Ruth and Kurt for being so generous with their time and for sharing a lot of their story with you and I. And what I took away from our chat are two people who lived a fun life for many years before they started down the traditional home ownership route. But within a year or two, they thought, well, hang on a minute, there must be a quicker way. So they restructured their finances with a new bank. They now have an end date to aim for, tweaked the way they live. They now plan ahead for anything they want to achieve, such as becoming parents. And they are now well on their way to financial freedom, all the while living a really wonderful life in an amazing part of the world. And I am 100% sure that there are many elements to their story that you can also take away with you. If you found Ruth and Kurt's money journey helpful, it would mean a whole lot to me if you left a quick five-star review on iTunes, because this is one of the best ways for other people in New Zealand interested in personal finance to discover this podcast. So thanks for listening today, and until next time, happy saving.